Uh, no, we, uh, we're so glad that you're here this morning. Thank you for coming and hanging with us and uh, worshiping with us and uh, all that good stuff. Uh, if you're visiting with us today, just so you know, we're kind of doing some uh, some different stuff today. We're kind of having a, like a special moment as a church today even. Uh, and uh, uh, even in how we give today is going to be a little different, some of that kind of stuff. And so uh, just FYI, just a heads up, you know, that's, that's for our people. That's for 24 folks that call this home and that kind of thing. And maybe God will lead you to, to be a part of this. And if that's a part that if that's a part of it, then that's fine too. And uh, we just don't want you to, to feel guilty or something if you, you came ill prepared or you know whatever. It's it's not about that. So uh, this is this is all about him. And and today uh, I think I think he's going to show out a little bit, which we're pretty excited about. So uh, pretty pretty cool stuff. So uh, if uh, uh, you have been tuning in for a while, we've been working through. Um, uh, this initiative called Worth It, and uh, uh, we've been talking about that, and today's kind of the, the culmination of all of that, kind of today, building up to today, uh, and, 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 then, and then onward, forward, uh, kind of going on as well. Uh, so uh, basically what we've been doing is we've just been asking our people to just seek the Lord, okay? Very simple, just a very simple ask right there. Seek the Lord in all things, and one of those things being a big thing, being that we would we collectively would seek the Lord with with what He's given us, uh, with uh, including our finances and all those things, that we would follow Him in whatever He's leading us to do with those things. And so, uh, as as we've been talking about that uh, today, is kind of. Uh, the, the thing that we've been talking about and encouraging people to pray about is we've been asking people to pray about what it would look like uh, to pray and feel, uh, again, led by the Lord here, um, in giving and what their giving would look like, what He wants it to look like for them, uh, a no-guilt thing just between everyone and the Lord individually, uh, that, uh, that they would pray about what their giving would look like for the next two years. And that for the next two years, they would pray about whatever that they could commit. Uh, we've even been having people fill out commitment cards and all this. And that, that's primarily and really only just for people to kind of have a tool uh, to help them in praying through that. The commitment cards are in the seats. We've been talking about that. I'm not going to talk through all that. If you've got questions about that, that's fine. We're glad to answer those. But, um, you know, but it, it, so even if you haven't gotten to do that and you want to do that, that's fine. Uh, and so today, we're going to announce... Uh, the commitments that have been turned in, just one, it's just one big number. And that's the, that's really honestly, that's the only purpose that we've even asked people to like pray about turning that in is so that we could like be able to share with the body at large, like what God is doing in our people. Folks, it's pretty awesome. Uh, it's pretty amazing. And so, uh, you know, just, uh, just as, 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 as we're seeing that, and I'll share that here in just a little while. Uh, you know, and, and if you want to be a part of that, we'll con- I'll, I'll tell you what we'll do. We'll continue to announce that number as long as anybody else turns in a commitment card. Uh, you know, and so, uh, again, only like one person is seeing those cards. It's not about being seen. It's not about, you know, trying to one-up anybody. or uh, It's really not even about one, one-upping what you've done in the past. It's just about being faithful with whatever the Lord is leading you to do. And so a part of that commitment card, there was a little thing on there, this kind of idea of like stored resources. And, uh, and, and so that's the, this thought process of like, you know, maybe, maybe you've got something that uh, you don't need, you could sell or whatever, you, you know, whatever, however God leads you to do it. 
that we would do kind of this like extra offering today. And so today we're doing an offering in our service. We're going to do, do the offering different in our service today uh, in the sense of uh, we're not going to pass the baskets like we usually do. And, and later in the service, we're actually going to have like during our communion time, the offering baskets, we're just going to set them out on the stage. Uh, and, in, and we're going to ask people to pray. We're, going, we're collectively as a, as a group of people going to pray over uh, pray over those offerings, pray that God will use those offerings for His glory and for the ministry that He's calling us to do. Uh, if you have not gotten one of the books uh, that we've been giving out on the Worth It initiative that talks through all the ministry stuff that we're looking at doing that we feel led to do, we'd love for you to have one of those books. Uh, and in fact, uh, our, our ushers will have those when they have, have Bibles here in just a minute uh, and can bring one of those to you. Just hold your hand up and just say book, Bible, whatever, you know. Uh, they can hook you up. They even got pens. So they'll, they're, they're, they're getting like full scale, okay? Like they're, they're, they're one step away from like mints and peanuts, right? And... Uh, <laughs> and some of you are hoping for drinks. Uh, so, uh, but uh, anyway, no, uh, let, let, them, let them get that stuff for you. We'd love for you to be able to see that stuff. Uh, in fact, <clears throat> if you've got a Bible, go ahead and get it out. We're going to the book of Nehemiah. We've been walking through the book of Nehemiah for the last several weeks. If you don't have a Bible, our ushers will bring you a Bible. They will bring you one of those books. They'll bring you peanuts, pens, whatever whatever you need. You just tell them. Just place your order, and, uh, you know, Deanna will go to Sonic for you if you need to. Uh, you know, what, whatever, you know, so, uh, you know, get you some coffee. Uh, I, know, I, know, I know William will get you some coffee, right? He's, he's not afraid. Uh, but uh, yeah, let, let, them, let those guys, uh, if you don't have a Bible with you, get you one, and, uh, or if you don't have one of the books with you, get one of those or whatever. Uh, we'd love for you to be able to have that stuff and kind of follow along with us. Uh, man, I got to tell you, this week um, in our church, this week has been a, a great week. Uh, we've, had, we've had three babies born this week. Uh, isn't that awesome? Uh, and uh, yeah, yeah, clap for that. And uh, you know, if 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 no if no other way we will ever grow this church, it will be through having babies. Amen. And so uh, we we we've uh, I've I've done my part, okay. And uh, and and uh, and some of you are trying to catch up, and I just say keep on keep on going, keep on trucking. Uh, but no, uh, 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 Terry and Larray, uh, both both of the Anderson families all had their babies this week. It was so cool because like. Uh, Dave and I, Dave, David Rawls and I, our children's pastor, we went uh, this week to uh, go see uh, babies and families at the hospital. And, uh, and it's very rare that, I mean, as a, speaking as a pastor here, like that you get to like go see like multiple people at the same time or whatever. And like we just missed DJ and Hannah and their family, uh, but we managed to catch, uh, well, we went to see Terry and LeRae. Hunter and Laura weren't supposed to come until Friday. This was on Thursday. They weren't supposed to come and go to the hospital until Friday. And while we're there with Terry and Larray, they're like, have you guys seen Hunter and Laura? And we're like, no, they're tomorrow. And they're like, no, no, they're here now. They're on the floor right above us. And we're like, sweet. You know, this is, you know, one less trip to Nashville this week, you know. Uh, but it was awesome, you know. And so, like, they, they hadn't even had the baby yet. And, like, we go in there, and, of course, they're, they got Laura all prepped. And I've been in that room, like, I can't tell you how many times, at least five. And, uh, and, uh, and so I walk in, and I'm like, all right, I'm here. We're ready to go. I know what to do with all these lights and everything. So y'all get ready and get me some stuff and some plastic or whatever, you know. And, and Laura's like giving me the, the evil eye and Hunter's like, oh yeah, you know. 
But, uh, you know, pretty, pretty cool stuff. So uh, just, just awesome, awesome what's happening in the lives of so many people right now, and uh, we, we just rejoice with all of them. So uh, cool stuff. Um, so Nehemiah, we've been walking through Nehemiah for, uh, I think this is the seventh week. And, uh, you know, we've seen Nehemiah go through some stuff. We've seen him come against adversity. We've seen, uh, first of all, we see him in the very beginning with like this heart for people. We see him like, I mean, just like head over heels, like broken for the people that are his people and, and, and where I think so many of us in so many stages of life, we would say, you know, I'm in a situation right now where I can't really do anything. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's, that's like, that's like kind of the tagline to our lives these days. And it? like, well, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm kind of in a situation right now where I can't really do anything. I'm important right now. I've got a position right now. I've got these, I've got these obligations right now. You know what I'm saying? And, and Nehemiah was cupbearer to the king. Remember that? I mean, like, he's like, he's like, one of the most important people, if not the most important person to the king, in the sense that he's the guy that every drink is going to get passed by to the king to drink, he's going he's gonna to do a little taste test and make sure it's not going to kill the king. He's the, he's the poison checker. But, you know, they didn't have, like, you know, CSI and, you know, all this stuff back then. And so, you know, it was Nehemiah. Nehemiah was the single-handed CSI lab. Like, if it kills Nehemiah... Don't drink it, king, okay? That's the way it worked. And so, you know, the king of Nehemiah, you know, if you're in that kind of position, you're tight with the king. The king trusts you, more than likely, very, very, very close. And in this moment when God convicts Nehemiah's heart to step up and to do something, and he sees this city of where his ancestors were from, his heart is broken because the walls have been torn down. And we've talked through this, but just in case you're just tuning in, this is a big deal because for a city to not have walls meant that the city had absolutely zero way to protect themselves. It meant that you were begging other people, other nations, and, 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 and just anybody in general, you were begging them to come and to rob you, to kill your people, to hurt you to, I mean, all, all of these terrible things. Nehemiah makes a move. He asks the king, can I go? Not only does he ask the king, can I go? He asks the king if he could help. He says, you know, I, I want to go, but you know, also I'm going to need some resources. Can you help me out? And so the king... Uh, steps up to the plate and gives Nehemiah everything he asks for and then more. I mean, this is, this is the picture of God and us. This is the picture of God and us, like that we would go to God and that we would ask for things to be done for his glory and that we would ask for him to do things that seem crazy and that he, in turn, oftentimes not just gives us what we ask for, but, but does even more than that. Isn't that crazy how God does that for us? I mean, that's exactly what the king did. It's a picture of God's love for us. Nehemiah goes on, takes people, tons of people. Uh, the king sends warriors and soldiers and, 
and, and all these people to help with this stuff, gives him all this stuff. I mean, he's basically doing this whole project on the king's dime. And the truth is, is that's, that's what we're doing today. We're doing everything we're doing on the king's dime. It's all his. Everything we've got is his. Sometimes I laugh about that. Sometimes I think that's so funny, you know? And uh, I, think, I, think, I think for all of us to just be able to see in a lighthearted way, like everything that we have is just something that we've got to manage on God's behalf at this point in our life. Nehemiah goes about building and rebuilding the wall. I mean, this is a huge task, huge task. In the midst of all that, he's got people coming against him trying to get him to not do it. And then in the very end, he ends up rebuilding the wall. And then we see that they rejoice. And today I want to read a part of Scripture in which we see kind of the back end of them rejoicing and continuing to rejoice, but at the same time recognizing who God is and what God has done. And, and I think, you know, I think, I think as a, especially as a leader, I, I think that one of the things that is so important to do with, with any organization, with any group of people, is, is to take time from time to time and rejoice in the great things that God has done. We don't, we don't celebrate the victories enough a lot of times. Because, and sometimes it's because we're, we're just going, 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 right? And, but, but you know what? How important is it for us that we would stop, call time out, and be like, okay, God, let's remember who you are. Let's allow you for a moment here to be glorified in the amazing things that you have done. Nehemiah does that. Um, I want us... Before we read this about Nehemiah, I want us to watch a video of one of our families that uh, this whole thing has just really kind of grabbed a hold of them, if we can. Let's, let's, let's watch the hunters. Let's do that. All right, I'm Donnie Hunter. This is my wife, Wendy. I've been married 32 years, and we have been at 24 for uh, almost seven years now. And I'm a lifelong resident of Cheatham County. She's a transplant. I grew up in Bellevue, right outside of Nashville. So we grew up in church, but we came to 24 um, just because we saw the passion that 24 had for its community and loving on others without a com having to put everything before a committee and and think about it and talk about it. What we saw of 24 is people actually did it and they just loved on their community and loved on people. And that's what drew us to 24. The need was presented and then there was people willing to help. When Worth It was first um, presented, the idea, I think that was all after Chris had his, had his dream about um, what it would look like for 24 Church to, to minister to our community. When he shared his dream about a bus ministry, um, that really struck a chord with me because I was a bus kid. I grew up in Bellevue and there was a, a young teenager that actually came around to our subdivision um, in Bellevue on every Saturday and would knock on the doors and would ask parents um, if they could bring their kids to church. And so the bus would come around Sunday morning and pick us up 
My parents weren't in church, and it was through that bus ministry that my entire family came to Christ. Um, my mother had su suffered a nervous breakdown, and when she got out of the hospital, she told my dad, I want to go to church. And had they not had that affiliation with, um, with Cross Timbers Church, with that church at the time, because my sister and I, you know, rode the church bus on Sundays, they wouldn't even have had a place to, you know, to even start, you know, to know where to go to church. So that bus ministry played a, a vital role in how my entire family came to Christ, not just my parents, but my uncles and aunts and my grandparents. And so when Chris, you know, mentioned, you know, having a bus ministry, it just, I was just excited. I was thinking, you know, these kids need to know about Christ and how are they going to know if, you know, someone doesn't come to their door and knock on it. We've talked about the, the Worth It campaign and, and what it's going to look like and, uh, you know, how we're going to fit in this. And honestly, I don't know yet, uh, but, uh, but I'm excited about it. And I know that um, whatever sacrifices that, that we make, uh, they may seem big at the time, we don't know how, how big a result is going to come from that as, um, as God can use it. I think bringing these children in, as these families have issues or, or even in crisis, they'll say, oh, we've got a connection with 24 Church. And I think eventually those parents will come, will come to Christ because of it. I'm, I'm, I'm a true believer. I'm a product sitting here knowing that a bus ministry um, ministers to whole entire families. It's really going to minister to the families you know, as a whole. I know that those kids need loving on. And, to be able to minister to them in any way, whatever that looks like, I'm all in. If, uh, <clears throat> if you know uh, Donnie and Wendy, uh, you know just how amazing people that they are. I mean, they, they're just amazing folks who love Jesus, and God uses them in such amazing ways uh, in so many people's lives. Um, and, uh, I mean, it, it's truly a blessing that they're part of our church and have been part of our church, obviously, many years now. Um, when Wendy first shared with me that day, um, after I shared about the dream, uh, I mean, she was one of the first people down here, and she was just in tears. And, in fact, that's the only time, I think, that video is the only time I've ever, ever seen or heard her talk about all of what she talks about on there, the bus ministry thing and being a product of that and all those things without without just weeping uh, because uh, God just has grabbed a hold of her heart, their hearts, uh, to, to be a part of this. And, uh, you know, I think that's the picture of what we see with Nehemiah. I think that that's what we see him, we see God do with him. Like he's just broken, he's broken for a people. And and I just, I just keep going back to that because... I, I think that we've got it. We will have to constantly remind ourselves why. Why is it worth it? Is it worth it just for people? No, not necessarily. But that's part of it. It's it's worth it. It's worth it because of who God is and what He's done and what He can do in people's lives. And that's why it's worth it. And so you know, as we as we go forward, uh, I think that's just such an important piece of this. And I I felt like I felt like her. Um, her passion for what God is doing in her heart, their hearts, um, you know, for what we feel led to do uh, is just amazing and, and very much matches Nehemiah. If you've got your Bible, let's go to Nehemiah chapter 4.
uh, uh, I'm sorry, Nehemiah chapter 9. Nehemiah chapter 9. Uh, and if you've got your worth it book there, tur- turn toward the back of it. You've got place for message notes and all that too. Uh, if uh, if you want to uh, to take notes on on what we're talking about today, um, and I think it's good to have these reminders to be able to look back at the things that God speaks to our hearts about as we jot those things down or whatever. Uh, it's a great opportunity for us to have things to go back and pray over uh, as we do that. Uh, I, I, by the way, I love the I love the no committees you know thing to like get get stuff done. We could have like a tagline at twenty four B twenty four Church: No committees, no cantatas. You know, or something, something, I don't know. We put no cantata, we put, we put no cantatas on the front of a 24 exchange one year at Easter. <laughs> I think some people got mad at us about that, but it really, it, it wasn't really meant to be a shot at them. It's just not who we are. So, um, it's funny though, right? It's funny. Uh, Nehemiah chapter nine, Nehemiah chapter nine. And uh, I want us to look at what Nehemiah shares with the people in looking back at what God has done. And he goes, he goes back, like he gets historical going back on this, but I think it's awesome. Nehemiah 9, verse 6, it says, You are the Lord, you alone. You have made heaven the heaven of heavens with all their host, the earth and all that is on it, the seas and all that are in them. And you preserve all of them, and the host of heaven worships you. You know, I, I think, you know, I think as, as we keep moving through this, I think one of the things again is that we, we, I don't stop enough and just remember who God is. I, and, and as we continue to read through this, I just want, I just want that to kind of to kind of stick out to you this morning, like remembering, this is remembering who God is. Nehemiah is remembering who God is. Verse 9, he keeps on going. It says, and you saw the affliction of our fathers in Egypt and heard their cry at the Red Sea and performed signs and wonders against Pharaoh and all his servants servants and all the people of his land. For you knew that they acted arrogantly against our fathers and you made a name for yourself as it is to this day. And you divided the sea before them so that they went through the midst of the sea on dry land. And you cast their pursuers into the depths as a stone into mighty waters. By a pillar of cloud, you led them in the day and by a pillar of fire in the night to light by them the way in which they should go. You came down to Mount Sinai and spoke with them from heaven and gave them right rules and true laws, good statutes and commandments. And you made them to them, you made known to them your holy Sabbath and commanded them commandments and statutes and a law by Moses, your servant. You gave them bread from heaven for their hunger and brought water for them out of the rock for their thirst. And you took them to go in to possess the land in which you had sworn to give them. He is giving, giving it. Nehemiah is, Nehemiah is just like one, one thing after another. You've given here, you've given here, you've given here. And even, and even like where we, when we think about when Moses strikes the rock and what, for water to come out of it, uh, and we think about, well, that's Moses being impatient and all that. And that's kind of like a, that might be like a black eye, you know, sometimes on like Moses' ministry or whatever. Like Nehemiah, Nehemiah brings this up. 
And he's saying, God, even though that's still happening, like he didn't even talk about that. He says, you provided for their thirst through the rock. I mean, he doesn't even, he doesn't even, he's not even being negative about Moses. He's just saying, God, you, even there, you provided, you gave. And in verse 16, he goes on and it says, but they and our fathers acted presumptuously and stiffened their neck and did not obey your commandments. So now he's, now he's recognizing, and he's done a little bit of this already, recognizing like the rebellious spirit of us as sinners. And he says, verse 17, they refused to obey and were not mindful of the wonders that you performed among them, but they stiffened their neck and appointed a leader to return to their slavery in Egypt. But you are a God ready to forgive. Let me read that again. But you are a God ready to forgive, gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and did not forsake them. Did not forsake them. Even when they made for themselves a golden calf and said, this is your God who brought you up out of Egypt and had committed great blasphemies. You and your great mercies did not forsake them in the wilderness. The pillar of cloud to lead them in the way did not depart from them by day, nor the pillar of fire by night to light for them the way in which they should go. You gave your good spirit to instruct them and did not withhold your manna from their mouth and gave them water for your thirst, for their thirst. Forty years you sustained them in the wilderness and they lacked nothing. Their clothes did not wear out and their feet did not swell. He goes on and on and on. This isn't the end of it. That's where I'm stopping. But even there, Nehemiah brings up something again that's probably a sore spot for some people. It's talking about, you know, the 40 days of wandering in the wilderness, you know, and, and that's, you know, that's because God's people weren't, weren't listening to God. And so he, he let them to wander. But, but what's Nehemiah do? Nehemiah talks about that in such a way of like, yeah, they wandered and you took care of them. You provided for them. Forty years, you sustained them in the wilderness, and they lacked nothing. I mean, this is a picture of us. This whole thing is a picture of us, isn't it? Like, how many times do we, do we turn our backs on God, and, and even, in, even in what seemingly seems like small things of just deciding, you know, well, you know, God, I know that I, know that I shouldn't do this right now, but I'm going to do this my way right now because I, I, think, I think my way is going to be the best way, and I think I'm going to enjoy it more, I'm going to like it more, or I think it's the better thing or whatever. And the creator of all things, including us, has given us an opportunity to have a peek in to how He created us and, and what we're capable of doing. I mean, you think, think about the Creator of anything. Think about the Creator of anything. I mean, like, you know, the, the Creator of something, like they know, they know things about that thing that nobody else knows. They know the potential that that thing has. 
God knows our potential in ways beyond anything that we could ever imagine. He sees in us things that he put into us, the way he created us, the way he made us, that we have the ability to do amazing things for his kingdom. That's one of my favorite parts of getting to work uh, with sports. And I I don't get to do a whole lot, uh, but get to work with uh, our local boys baseball team and, and man, I, I just one of the things that I love uh, when I really get to be there and really get to be a part of the coaching process is seeing a young man that I see potential in, that I can tell they're unsure of themselves, but I see like these little glimpses sometimes, you know? And it's like, you know what? If you, if you were a little faster, if you'd work on that just a little more, you know, and, and, and it's just, and it's amazing to see that begin to, they begin to grow and, and begin to develop into being able to do those things. So, so amazing. So amazing. I love it. God, God loves that in us 10,000 times more than anything we could ever imagine. Like he loves seeing us be willing to look at him as we might be cupbearers in that moment and saying, God, King, would, would you allow me to be a part of, of doing something that's great for your kingdom? And God, the Creator, understands for us better than we ourselves what will hurt us, what is best for us, what will challenge us, what will grow us, what will make us better people in this world, what will make our light shine brighter to those around us. I mean, there's so much to this, you know? Nehemiah is sitting here, he's like, 40 days, you sustained them in the wilderness, and they lacked nothing. Their clothes did not wear out, and their feet did not swell. The people in the wilderness, do you think that's what they were thinking about? They're like, get us out of here. Right? Because that's that's who we are. Like we get in a moment and we're like, God, would you just go ahead and get us out of here? Like I, I just we just want to be done with this right now. I want to move on to the next thing, right? And how true of it is for us that God puts us in these places that we would be faithful in those moments. How many How many parables does Jesus need to share with us about taking what he's given us right now and being faithful with it to then see what God might do later on with what is to come? Is it going to be 40 days? Is it going to be 40 minutes? Is it going to be 40 years that God keeps us in a spot until we begin to listen? I don't know. But maybe we should listen. Maybe we should follow. Maybe we put our faith in Him instead of our faith in our abilities and the faith in the things that we think that we're good at or that we know and say, okay, God, I trust you. You know. (laughs) You're the creator of all things. Of course you know. And on top of that, He loves us. He loves us. Nehemiah begins to tell this, you know, He's, he's, he's telling stories, he's remembering, he's, he's reliving the memories of who God is through this passage of Scripture. And again, he keeps going. But if you go back there, and it says in verse, verse 17, they refused to obey and they were not mindful of the wonders that you performed among them, but they stiffened their neck and appointed a leader and returned to the slavery of Egypt. But you are a God ready to forgive. And Nehemiah is able to look back, you know, He's able to look back and see the whole thing. 
You know, of course, we don't see the whole thing when we're in it, right? It's like a big puzzle. And God sees all the pieces, and, and we just see, like, we got, like, a corner piece over here, and, like, we're working up this edge, you know? Just, you know, we got very little going on, and we're like, the rest of this thing just looks like a big black puzzle, and I can't even make out what pieces are going to go where, and it's going to take me the rest of my life. Exactly. It's going to take us the rest of our lives. And God's over here saying, I see the whole thing. You can trust me if you want to. <laughs> I know what this looks like. It looks like an all-black puzzle. <laughs> and he's there, ready to forgive. Ready to forgive. That's our God ready to forgive, ready that in any moment, at any time, when we decide to lay down the golden calves that we build in this life, that he's like, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm still here. I still love you. Like Nehemiah goes on, he says, but you are a God ready to forgive, gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and, and did not, did not forsake them. Did not forsake them. You know, and again, I think in those moments of life, and maybe, maybe you're in one of those moments right now, I don't know, where you're just thinking, God, I just, I just wish you would fix my situation. Maybe, maybe God's like looking at you today and maybe saying to you, hey, you know what? How about, how about you recognize that I haven't left you yet? It says, even when they made for themselves a golden calf and said, this is your God who brought you up out of Egypt and had committed great blasphemies, you and your great mercies did not forsake them in the wilderness. I mean, isn't this what we do? I mean, if we're professionals at anything, it's making golden calves. And I know you're like, what? Huh? I mean, like we we make we make, we'll make an idol out of anything, right? I mean, we'll we'll make an idol out of anything for people at that point in time for them to make a golden calf. It's a huge deal, you know. I mean, you ever you ever you ever watch Gold Rush? I mean, you know what it takes to get gold out of the ground? You know, I have personally watched every episode of Gold Rush. In case you didn't know, I don't follow many shows, but that's one. That's one. Even Parker's Trail. Not that you care. But I, I, I don't know what it is, but I'm just fast. I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated that all these people put all this money and all this time and use all this huge, heavy, massive equipment and everything to figure out getting gold out of the ground. And I look at that, and I think for the moment, like, what did it look like for these people to make a calf out of gold and then turn around and worship this thing? And we think, how crazy and idiotic are these people that they would do that? You're talking about something something that would take tons and tons of people and tons and tons of resources to have done without excavators and bulldozers and, and all these rock trucks and all this crazy stuff they use now, right? And we just say, how crazy is that? It's equally as crazy as the things that we make idols out of. That's how crazy it is. And that's the point. That's the point, is that Nehemiah is recognizing that even in these moments when, 
when we might be wandering in the wilderness and we feel like God needs to bring us out of this thing, at that moment, God is also saying to us, turn around, look to me. I'm all you need. You don't have to dig me out of the ground. I'm it. I am enough. And Nehemiah recognized it in that statement. I mean, it is so good. And he says, but you are a God ready to forgive. You are a God ready to forgive. And so I don't say, I don't, you know, throw the golden calf stuff around and try to like guilt the heck out of you today. It should be a, it should be a post for us to look at and go, you know what, I've got some of that in my life. I've made idols out of these things in my life, of my identity or, you know, the things that I own or whatever it is. And at the end of the day, Nehemiah is just bringing that up and saying, hey, don't fall into this. God is enough. And, and on top of that, not only is he enough, but no matter how far we have gone, he is a God ready to forgive This whole moment of recognizing what God has done, I think, is so huge in Nehemiah. And I, I encourage you, if, you, if you've got some time today, tomorrow, read through, read through Nehemiah 8, 9, 10. Read, read all the stuff. He's talking about, you know, all this stuff. I mean, the parting of the Red Sea and all, I mean, just all this stuff. Some of that we read, of course, and you know, but just just seeing what God has done, and I think for us, it's important for us to take time out and say, "God, I recognize what you've done in my life. Think back over your life right now. Think back over what God has done. Think back over what God has brought you through. Some of those moments, probably some of the hardest moments of your life, but you know what? You're still here. You're still here. And you still had clothes. And you still had food. And your feet didn't, didn't swell. <laughs> you know? Well, maybe some of you got swollen feet. I, I do some days myself. Nehemiah does something that I think is so important. And what he's doing is he's, he's taking this moment with these people and he's saying, guys, I want you to see what God has done, and I want you to recognize something right now. I want you to recognize this is just the beginning. This is just the beginning. Like, look what we have to know about our knowledge of God and who he is and what he's done for us, not just us as individuals, but us even as a people, that we can hang our hat on that and go, that's a faithful God. He's way, he's way more faithful than we are. He's merciful. He does not forsake us. I mean, all of these things. In fact, it says, verse 20, you gave good spirit to instruct them and did not withhold manna from their mouth. You know, he, he's saying, you know, I, and all the pillars, cloud, fire, all that stuff. He's saying, I'm going to lead you. <laughs> Look at what I've done in the past. I led them. I'm going to lead you. How simple is that? But how hard is that? Because we're just like such knuckleheads, right? And we're like, oh, no, no. I, you know, we're going to do this my way this time. And how does that ever work out for us? Very good. 
And man, I got to tell you, if we were to apply this to 24 Church, the amazing things that God has done are absolutely overwhelming. Absolutely overwhelming. I think back to things that we've seen God do. I, I remember the first night that we ever met as a church. We weren't even officially a church yet. It was a, it was a Saturday night. We met at Pleasantview Elementary. First time we ever used the facility. Mickey Dice had worked it out for us to meet there. We were all excited about that. Take when Emily found out, uh, well, they didn't find out this week, but they announced this week that they're having a baby, which is pretty awesome. Mickey's son. And uh, that first night, you know, we're, we're all nervous. I mean, like, we're, we're young. You know, I'm like 27 years old at the time. You know, I'm the oldest guy, like, amongst the team, you know. And so, like, here we are, and we've gone to this principal, and everybody, he's well thought of, and we didn't really know him, and, you know, all this stuff. And, and we're like, hey, can we use the school? We want to start a church. <laughs> I mean, do you realize how ridiculous that sounds? Like, you, you've got to be thinking, as Mickey Dice, you've got to be thinking as that principal. You've got to be thinking, who are these young whippersnapper stupid? I mean, you know, he would, Mickey would never say stuff like that out loud, but I'm just imagining what he's you know, thinking in his mind. You know, and, and here we are, first night on a Saturday night, we've, we're just meeting to kind of see who might show up. Let's have, a little, let's have a little thing to see who might show up, and we'll, we'll answer some questions, and we'll talk about the vision of what God is leading us to do and all this kind of stuff. Uh, this would have been November of 2004. And, uh, <laughs> and my, my wife's family comes, her sister and her kids. And at that time, I, I don't know, they probably had, I don't know, four or five kids. They have a lot more than that now. And um, they come, and one of my nephews, who's real little at the time, pulls the fire alarm. First night. First night. And it's later in the evening. Like, it's, you know, I think it's kind of after we had had the meeting. I, it's, it's a little fuzzy, you know? Uh, because it was such a, like, you know, kind of a, a moment, you know, like being in the wilderness type moment or something. And, and, and you know, and, and so, of course, the fire department show up, and they're like, what's going on? We're like, kid, pull fire alarm. And, of course, alarm's going off, and, you know, there's houses around, so everybody in the community knows at this point. I think, you know, the reporters are there for the exchange. Not really, but I'm, you know, imagining that. And, and uh, new, new church coming to town, pull fire alarm, first night. Uh, and, and Mickey shows up. And, and we've gotten Mickey out of bed to, to come up and to, he has to, he, he alone has the ability to come up and like open things, to turn these things off. And so, and, and he, he comes up there and I'll never forget, he like looks at me and, he, and, and, and with love, but firmness. And you know what I mean if you know Mickey Dice, okay? With love, but with firmness, he looks at me and he says, this isn't going to be a thing, is it? He continued to say yes. And there are so many, so many instances through the beginning of 24 Church where people said yes to us. And honestly, just looking back on it, they were, they were crazier than we were to say yes to us. I mean, honestly, they were crazier than we were. Banks, 
people, finance team. You know, we, we would put out a budget from one year to the next, and like the budget for the next year, and, and it would be like a double the budget kind of thing. And like, and, and you know, people were like sitting around going, How we, where's that money going to come from? Like, we, we didn't do anything like that last year. And we'd go, I don't know. This is what God, this is what God's leading us to do, you know? And we'll just go, and, and like, we'd meet it. And God would provide. And I think about, I think about the faithfulness. You realize, you realize that we have people that have been teaching our children about Jesus since January of 2005. Still over there teaching our children about Jesus. Do you realize that? Folks, that's godly faithfulness or major stupidity. I'm not sure which. I'm going to go with the first. I think about, think about how God has protected us at times as a church. I mean, folks, there's things I, I can't even talk about because lawyers say you can't talk about some of this stuff or whatever, and you get in, you know, like somebody shows up at your church, next thing you know, they're suing you, and you're like, why are they suing us? Like, you know, just and silly stuff. And, and I just think back to all these little things, all this little behind-the-scenes stuff that I've just seen God time and time again continue to protect this body of believers. The fact that the people that owned this facility were led by the Lord to sell it to us after their business partners said, do not sell this to a church, especially a new one. Don't get into some contract with them where you're owner financing and all this stuff because, you know, banks were only so crazy, all right? So many things that God has done here, that God has done for us, that God has done to protect His Word to be preached and to be lived out in this community, that we would be a light, that we would exist in 2019, not for our own sake, but for the sake that others might know who He is, that others might know Jesus, that we might be brokenhearted for those people, that we might be willing to sacrifice whatever it takes to do it, that we would believe 100% that it is worth it. I think about the brotherhood. Joey, Joey brought this up. The brotherhood that we've had even as a staff. Now, you've got to know something about us as a staff. Like, like we, we have been best friends, and I would say we still consider each other best friends. We are at a point in life where we are more like brothers. And if you have a brother, then you understand what that statement means. Like, you love them, you would die for them, you'd do anything for them. At the same time, there's days you want to kill them. Right? You know? But, but the truth is, is like, God has been so amazing to us with this. So amazing to us with this that He has kept us together. The majority of our staff have been together for almost 15 years. Folks, that's unheard of. Especially when you could go somewhere else and get paid more money, and not work another job. How crazy loco do you have to be to stay? Right? And then the, the real of the baptisms that we've seen. 
from over the years. those people out there to know Jesus because we are here. If we're not here for that, we can't be here for anything. It is absolutely 100% who we've been called to be and what God is calling us to do is no different than what he called Nehemiah to do. There will be great work. There will be great sacrifice. And at the end of the day, I pray that we get to impact people like Wendy Hunter and her family were impacted. That whole family's lives would be changed because somebody just cares to show up with a bus. To say, hey, you want to come to church with us? And believe me, it's not that simple in 2019. I think we all know that. It's going to take great work. But it's our calling. And we need to latch on to this thing, and we need to own it. And we need to believe with all of our hearts that God is still the God who He has always been and who He's always going to be. That He is going to, He's going to fund, not, not us, He's going to fund His mission. He's going to fund his ministry. He's going to lead us, whether it be with pillars of cloud or pillars of fire or whatever it is, God is going to lead. He is going to lead us. I know that God is at work in the lives of so many folks right now. And I know that just from, and, and, and again, this is why we had people turn them in. It's, it's an amazing testament of what God is doing in the lives of our people. I want to share with you um, the number of which people have committed to give for the next two years. This is a two-year two encompassing total, not per year, but over the next two years. We've had thus far, and you may, you may be here and you haven't gotten to do one yet. Again, we'll just keep announcing that total as long as it goes up. If you feel led to, to put in a card, that'd be great. But so far, 84 families have turned in cards. And the number in which they are saying that they are going to commit to give over the next two years is one million and fifty nine thousand and twelve dollars. And folks, I, I just I just gotta tell you, I mean it's just it's amazing. It's amazing what God is doing. Uh, thank you for listening to the Lord and thank you for not listening to me when you don't need to. Um just absolutely amazing. Here's what we're going to do today. Here's what we're going to do today. Uh, I want us to just go ahead and just kind of move into a time of prayer. And, and we're going to pray. We're going to pray for the offering that we're given today. Normally we do the pass the basket thing. We're going to, I'm going to, in fact, I'm going to ask our ushers if they would to go ahead and, and bring the baskets up and just set them on the stage. Um, and, and, and honestly, this is not, it, it, please, please understand that we're not putting them on the stage for like some kind of show thing. 
we want this to be an act of worship, you know, and, and, and as we give an offering, anytime we give an offering is an act of worship. And as we give today, and, 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 and I think just the, the having to kind of walk it up and put it in, there's a little more to that today, right? And, and I kind of wanted it to be that way for us as a people that we wouldn't just like haphazardly do it. And I, and I know that we've been praying over it, but I, but I want like even just this one last time that we would just continue to pray, God, take this offering and you multiply. You know, God can do something with a little that we can't do, but that he would take it and that he would multiply it and he would use it to do unbelievable things for his kingdom that don't even have to do with dreams that we've even dreamed yet. God, God's, got, God's got such bigger plans than the things that we even know at this point in this life for this church. I want to read this as we make a sacrifice today because here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to be taking communion as we also do this. It's going to be one time. So, uh, and and it, just, it just seemed fitting. As I know that many people are praying about this being a sacrifice today, I felt like in, in light of us giving a sacrifice today, we can be reminded of the sacrifice that has been given to us. Today, I want to read this passage to you, Philippians 2, verse 5, and it says, Have this in mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God, a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and, and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus made a sacrifice, and in light of the sacrifice that we're making today, I'm reminded of what Christ has done for us. I'm also reminded that this is just the beginning. This is just the beginning. If you just got here, if you just came to 24 Church, I want you to know you came at like the perfect time because this is just the beginning, okay? Like we're we're not we're not the folks that like we're sitting around hanging our hats on like this is how we always do it kind of thing. We want the Lord to lead us as a church, and we want you to be a part of that if you're considering this as your church home. If you are a believer in Jesus, if you know Christ as your Savior, we invite you today to take partake of communion with us. You do not have to be a church member here. If you know Jesus as your Savior, we want you to partake of communion with us today. And being reminded of the sacrifice we are making, we are reminded of the one that was made for us. Let's pray. After I get done praying, you come. You come, you give, take communion. Let's have this time together as a time of worship for us as a church body. God, thank you for what you have done for us. Thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you for how he has moved in our lives to show us, to give us 
a chance at grace and mercy today. God, I pray that you would be glorified in us. I pray that this community would see in us, Lord, you. I pray that they would see you. I pray that they would see your love. I pray that they would see your grace. I pray that they would see your truth. And I pray that they would see peace. Lord, we live in a community that needs and suffers from the lack of peace. God, that only you give through what you've done through your son, Jesus. God, as we remember the sacrifice made for us, God, it it lightens the load of whatever it is that you lead us to do for you, for your sake, for your cause. God, lead us in all these things. God, thank you for what you've done through your son. It's in his name that we pray it.